welcome to another fantastic edition of the Photography Bar podcast. It's Mark here. And um, as always, I'm joined with Cam. How are you doing, Cam? Yep, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, we've got a guest on with us today. We, we do have a guest on. Yeah. I haven't forgotten, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we are joined with us today. Um, it's uh, Jeff. Um, and he's a photography mentor. You may know Jeff. We've um, we've had him on a couple of times before already, and um, he's going to be talking to us um, about setting goals and things. You know, it, it's that time of year, isn't it, where everyone is, you know, trying to be the better them and setting all these things out for the rest of the year. Um, so yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Jeff, how are you doing? You're right. Great, fantastic, lovely morning here as well. Actually, uh, no no rain. We've got sunshine, no wind. It's brilliant. Good start of the day. Oh, very nice. It's cloudy <laughs> and grey and drizzly where I am. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I've got the builders outside who uh, <laughs> really right. awoken me this morning. So, um, yeah, all good. <laughs> now, can I just jump in, first of all, with just something co- completely off topic from what we're actually here to actually discuss? OK. OK, the usual thing. Now, the recent news story, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Um, the, the news story on the breastfeeding. Now, have you heard oh, about this? Oh, I read this? that. Yeah, I read about that this morning. Uh, okay, uh, about this lady who was photographed. Um, uh, she was sitting on a park bench, and she was breastfeeding. And this guy who was sitting sort of opposite her, um, not on his mobile, not his not on his phone, uh, took out his camera, put a lens on or something, put a zoom lens on, as she said, and proceeded to take pictures of her. Um, she then asked him to stop, and that she wanted those photos deleted. Um, and he refused. He said that he was within his rights to to do that. Uh, she reported it to Manchester Police uh, here in the UK, and Manchester Police said, "We're not sure. We're going to have to come back to you on this. Um, we're going to have to check." Um, and they went and checked, came back to her, and said that it's absolutely fine for people to take photos in a public area of other people. It's not breaking the law. And there's nothing that says anything specifically about breastfeeding in public either, uh, about being photographed. So, uh, and the police said, it sounds crazy, but there's actually, and, and it's wrong, but there's nothing we can actually do about it. Um, and I just want to get your oh. thoughts on that, because, you know, this is, Mark, we spoke about it on the last episode about photographers going out and doing street photography and signing yeah. model, model release forms and how can you realistically do that? And can people be photographed out in the street? Um, now, we've said about, in, we were saying that, do you know what, if you go and talk to somebody and say, look, I want to do some photos, I'd like to take some photos of you because this, that and that, whatever. Most people, I reckon eight out of 10 people are going to be quite obliging and quite polite and say, yeah, go for it. They'll play up to the camera. Yeah. But if you don't go and ask people, if you do it in a sneaky way, um, and then people do get suspicious and, and that doesn't stop people from taking natural photos, because if you say to somebody, I want to take some photos of you, you can still keep them natural. It doesn't have to be a voyeurism, as they called it, um, you know, on the news, as that was reported mm-hmm. with this breastfeeding thing. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that really quickly um, before we jump into what we were really here for. Because um, I think... But are they opinion, putting legislation through now? They are, yes. Yeah, but you can't photograph somebody breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, but now, now the fear of that is, what's that then going to lead to? You, what you can't take a photo of somebody out in the street taking their dog out for a walk, right? Well, because it's, an, it's because a bit it's different, an, isn't it? No, yeah, but no, is it? You know, because yeah, somebody might yeah, say, it well, is. You know, I've got a nervous dog. You don't know that. You know, my dog's nervous. All my children. Uh, you know, uh, I was walking my child, and my, my child is, you know, um, doesn't like attention. Is nervous. You know, or. You know where do, where will that stop? Is it going to be one legislation from another that says you can't photograph this, you can't photograph that? 
I think the, 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 one of the things is as well, it's the way that the photographs are done because I would say, you know, like most of us as photographers wouldn't just go up and start taking pictures of somebody. And if somebody said, oh, could you please stop that? Would carry on doing it. Um, yes, it's, you know, you get a candid shot of somebody eating an ice cream down the seafront, you know, that's just capturing a moment, but you don't just blatantly go up and start taking pictures of them eating an ice cream. You know, <laughs> if somebody did that to me, I, I, you know, I'd probably take the camera off them, but I think it would, it's, when somebody's doing that, you've got to think, well, what is the intent behind this? Why is this post person become infatuated with taking a load of photographs or something? You know, that to me says, you know, there's something wrong behind that taking of the image different than just a candid shot capturing a moment in time, a bit of life, of, you know. Um, <clears throat> if I remember when we did a, did my intelligence course, that that was one of our jobs was to go out um, uh, into Portsmouth. We were sent out into Portsmouth because one of the courses was in, when I was a military photographer, um, we used to go and get photographs of people without them knowing that we were photographing. Um, and it, we spent a day doing that, you know, and, and I think we're quite successful because I don't think anybody actually saw us do it. But, you know, nobody would have complained because nobody saw those images. But obviously this woman has lodged a complaint to the guy and he carried on. I, I think that is, but I suppose the law can't legislate for every single type of person, can they? In every single type of event. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it is a very strange one, isn't it? Hmm. It's a lack of respect, I think, from, from that particular photographer. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I think that's where photographers, uh, that's the downfall with photographers, because, you know, I speak to so many people that, you know, through teaching and various things and, and people say, well, I like doing all the ones where people don't know that they're being photographed. I like all the, the sneaky stuff, as sometimes they call it, you know, where people don't know. And, and sometimes I view that as a, um, uh, and I've said this many times on the pod, I view that as a, a lack of confidence within a lot of photographers. Yeah, they... I mean, it depends on how it's done. I mean, I think I said this mm. at the last episode. I think if, if you want to do the candid stuff, you take the candid stuff, but then you go and speak to the person afterwards and said, look, I've just done this. Are, mm. are you comfortable with that? Um, but why not you... speak to them before, though, Mark? Why can't Because you then to... because if you speak to them before and you're wanting something candid, they know you're there and they play up to the camera. Even subconsciously, they might just play up to the camera. and You're not getting that mm. natural shot that you want. Um, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes you you, you want them to know it's doing w whatever is for mm. what you want. I guess you know there is a lot to be said for taking those candid shots where they don't mm. know because you are trying to capture that decisive moment, aren't you? And if the people know you're there, then that kind of contaminates that decisive moment, doesn't it? Yeah, because I, I, I think the other thing is 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 you know I've done you know literally hundreds of over 750 weddings and one of the things I do you know during the wedding is after, after the bride and groom after we've done this after the service I'll say to them look I'll give you five minutes ten minutes to mingle with your guests I'm just going to get a few shots of people and you know so that is you know put the long lens on do lots of people laughing people greeting mm. each other having drinks but you know, I, I'm very, you know, I, I have sort of like ethics in what I do. I don't get right mm. in people's faces. I stand yeah. back. And then when the, when the images have been taken and I, I go back home and re editing through the images, anything that I think looks unflattering or doesn't show that person in a really good light, I'll just delete anyway. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I would hate, you know, a photograph of me put up with like God knows how many chins and a half blinking and, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. So, yeah, but I think it's, as photographers, we've got to have that, that, you know, it's okay to do that. But if it makes somebody look very, very unflattering, hmm. then, you know, it, uh, I think we should delete it and, and not put it hmm. out there. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think one of the other things, and just sort of finishing off on this point, is going back, I think, years ago, there was it, it was intrigue. If you saw somebody with a, with a camera, a lot of the time it was, oh, I know what they're taking photos of. I know this because I've been through this myself. You know, we, all, we were just wondering what you were doing or they're quite, they were quite intrigued by it. Now it's full of suspicion, I think. It's full of, you know, why are you doing that? What gives you the right to do what you're doing and taking photos? Um, and I think that's how the, the, the attitudes have actually changed towards when anyone sees a camera. Uh, I think that happens a lot, you know, if you're just out taking street photos out in the street or out in the public. Um, you know, but you know, at weddings we get it. We get weddings where people say, "I don't want to be photographed." You know, yeah. I don't want to. You know, don't mm. take don't take any photos of me. And I always find that quite sad because you're at a wedding, you're recording. You know, you're it's sort of a history you're recording for that couple, yeah. aren't you? And <clears throat> That, and you probably want to look back on that picture in 20, 30 years. Oh, that was me at that wedding. And but some people they no, don't want to be photographed. Just don't want to see myself, you know, um, for their for their own reasons. So anyway, so I just want yeah. to it's a quite jump. quite. I mean, we only just started the episode, and you already went off on the tangent, Cam. I mean, I think that's a record. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about goals and stuff, but we yeah, are. you want okay. to talk about breastfeeding in public. That's so. right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So good okay. old tangent there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So coming back onto it, it's that time of year. Um, when people setting goals and tasks and and that sort of thing, Jeff. And I know that you're really good with helping people on that. That's a big part of the your mentoring uh, group that you do with the people. I've seen what you do. I've done some of it as well, and it's been and I think it's hugely useful. And I think that if you try and sit and write goals down, even uh, goals, targets, just tasks, um, if there's no method to it, it's very difficult to to actually put it together down on paper and then also then to see it through as well. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the yours, from what I've seen, the, the way that you do it, it's, it's done with a really sensible approach and an, and an achievable approach, the way that it's all put down. Um, so I just wanted to sort of get, get you to give the, the listeners uh, an idea of, you know, there's a basic overview introduction of how should you, we should be setting targets and goals. And is it, is it a good idea to maybe rather than doing it as one big thing, maybe, so let's say, let's say you were talking to a wedding photographer or something, or a commercial photographer, would there be different ways of doing it? Or would it be the same regardless of you're a photographer and that's it? Well, one, one thing people do is, it, is I always say, de deconstruct your goals. So reverse the goals back and how are you going to get to that goal and make, getting to that goal an actual goal, if you know what I mean. So, which I'll explain in a little bit deeper. Um, but another thing I do is I break goals down into about eight areas of your business and lifestyle. And then, so because most people tend to go, all right, I want to make a hundred grand this year, or I want to shoot fifty weddings, or I want to do a hundred commercial jobs, and then that's it. They, they put that financial goal, or they put that shoot goal down, and then they leave that at that. Now that goal won't actually come to fruition without you doing something towards it. And it usually have to do independently lots of little things to make that goal happen. So the easier way to make that 100,000 come in is to look at, to deconstruct that goal and look at areas that you can improve in your business to make that a goal to help the financial element come in. So for an example, you might think, right, I want to grow my Facebook following from 2,000 to 5,000. I want to post five times a week on LinkedIn. I want to write two blogs per month 
and I want to set up five joint ventures with local businesses who already target my ideal clients. So by making those areas goals, every one of those areas will substantially affect your income and your visibility, your credibility within the community, and ultimately the number of shoots you're going to get. So it's much more easy to focus on growing your Facebook page and writing blogs than it is to focus on making 100,000 because you can't just sit there and say, right, I'm going to, today I'm going to make 100,000. But you can say, right, today I'm going to sit down and write 500 words towards the blog that I'm going to put out at the end of next week and make sure that's keyword optimized so that I'm getting found in searches. Yeah, actually, I mean, that's a really good way of putting it. And, you know, it's really obvious, but things are only obvious when someone tells you, you know. Yeah. Um, and and it's like that thing, isn't it? If, is if you say, OK, right, OK, well, I want to book. I want to make sure I get 50 weddings booked into the diary this year. Is how are you going to do that? You know, are you going to yeah. start contacting people to do wedding shows? Uh, OK, right, I'm going to get my two Facebook posts out, uh, you know, a week. Um, in, uh, you know get my uh, make sure they've got an instagram posts uh coming in and all the other bits and uh, so it's it and that's essentially what you're saying isn't it is yeah it's yeah. all those I'm, it's those steps that lead you towards that 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 target otherwise you just have a target without the actual steps yeah. that lead to that target well i've got a, a really good example um and um one of one of my clients who I work with, and I think you know Karen from from the Awesome Photographers Group. Yeah, uh, Karen, who's a headshot photographer in uh, Nashville, in Tennessee. She wanted to be, you know, the top of the game within her business. She wanted to to be the the premium priced headshot photographer in the whole mm. of, of of Tennessee. So what we did is, opposed to saying, right, we, we're going to make you the most expensive and top photographer, we looked at ways of creating that. So in order to to um, to get that she needed to be not just delivering a headshot creating a premium experience so there was a few things she added she started adding you know when people come to the studio they get like a filtered coffee they mm. get she had like a, a, a steamer put in a press put in so that they look absolutely immaculate the suits are pressed the ties yeah. can be pressed everything so it's all about that attention to detail so she created a five-star service so one of karen's huge big goals for that year was to get 100 five-star Google reviews. You're only going to get a five-star Google review if you offer a, a premium experience, mm. five-star service. So we changed the headshot shoot from a shoot to an experience, a five-star experience. So what ultimately happened by focusing on getting those five-star Google reviews, which she actually did, she's now got 150. She just posted yesterday, she's now got mm. 150. She created a premium experience. She attracted premium clients that allowed her to increase her price four times. And now going into January 2022, she is the most expensive headshot photographer in Tennessee. She has had zero objections to price. The more customer focused she's been coming on that experience and creating a, delivering a premium service, the more she's attracted the right sort of clients who are not bothered about price, they're bothered about the experience mm. itself. By getting those five-star Google reviews, it's led her to attract more of the right clients, but it also get, got her to our website, to the top page in the whole of her county for Headshot Photographer Nashville. So by searching for those five-star reviews, it's helped her increase our price, develop a premium price product experience, get that website to number one on Google, and working with her purely her ideal clients that don't object about the price and that has come from the focus of creating that experience and getting those five-star reviews yeah and i think writing that that follows a logical step 
you know, of putting those things into place. And I think working with somebody like you, I think this is where it's important because a, a lot of photographers, you know, work on their own. They're just completely yeah. independent. <clears throat> so they're either at home or in their studio. And one, they don't network with other photographers or other creatives. Um, they don't have a mentor or somebody they can speak to. So really what a lot of time for those people that are real sort of really are on their own, uh, just, Sort of hitting their head against a brick wall aren't they i think yeah. um you know some of the stuff that you've just said that karen put into place um sounds great but i'm sure that's come from ideas and bouncing ideas off you as a mentor mm. uh, but one of the really important things for, for your mm. listeners to take away from that experience of karen mm. is <clears throat> the photographs themselves never changed so throughout that entire 12 month journey to getting those 100 now 150 google five-star reviews the photographs remain the same all the time. Photographs are identical. The only thing that changed was the people's conception of her worth. So their, their what you call uh, <clears throat> perceived value. And mm. Because she had a five-star ex experience, she put those little things in like the filter coffee, like the, the mm. suit press and all this sort of stuff, this real attention to detail. People then believed she was worth a lot more. And we're essentially paying four times more, you know, four times she's put the prices up mm. for the product that she was selling 18 months prior to that. Mm. But it, it's the way she's packaged it up and put it together. And that's the essential thing because, you know, with photographers, we're very self-critical and it's not often the, the photography that's a problem. It's the way we've put it out there and the way we've marketed it. The photographs are fantastic. We just haven't marketed it in a way that appeals to the clients. And, and, and you know, if you get the brand right, then you can charge more. If you can charge more, then you can do less shoots and you can hit that 100,000 or 200,000 goal a lot easier. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? We're photographers and very, very good photographers, but not necessarily good at marketing ourselves. And that is the hardest thing. It's uh, doing the actual the actual shoots. I've always said this is the easy part. It's getting mm. the work in as a business, which is the difficult part. Um, and those methods are changing constantly, aren't they? Um, so these targets that you you would set targets and goals. How how often do you revisit those targets or reset those targets? So, so what I do is um, so I just I, I created a book in uh, November, which I, I published back end of November, called the Ambitious Photographer's Journal. So I put everything I know about goal setting, which I've, I've done for the past sort of like fifteen years, into a into an actual physical weekly, monthly and quarterly book that is a journal and um there's lots of these goal settled journals and success journals about but none just written purely for photographers so this takes you through a, a logical process so you set your goals first in eight areas of your business from your turnover to your brand to your website social media even down to lifestyle which might be lose 10 pounds and you know because for me if if i feel fitter if I lose weight, I feel I'm more productive. I have more spring in my step. I've got more energy. I could be earning all the money in the world. But if I was overweight and I didn't feel happy in myself, it wouldn't, it would have a negative effect on my business. So all these little elements come in. And then what you do is you break those goals down into what I call 90 day milestone goals. So it's easy to track. Because if you make a goal that's a 12 month goal, it's too big a time for you. Mm. So even if I just say, yeah, I want to lose two stone this year then i could effectively binge eat until so like august or you know <laughs> september and then go right christ i better start doing something because it's not intimate but if i says right i need to lose six pounds by the first of march 
Mm. Then I've created a, a, you know, and what you do is you start, then you say, right, well, if in, and it's, it's exactly the same with weight loss as it is for like your business, you know, so you say, right, well, if I want to lose weight, how am I going to do that? I need to increase my exercise. So I need to do some more activity. I might want to walk the, get my 10,000 steps in. I want to go to the gym three times a week. And then I'm going to adjust my diet as well. I'm going to eat less. And I also might need some things like within your business, you might need apps or uh, programs or supporting stuff to help you run that business better. And obviously with your weight loss journey, you might say, right, I need a personal trainer. I need, I need some new gym gear. I want to get myself some decent running shoes because, you know, I get blisters and stuff. Mm. So it's all about putting everything in place and, and deconstructing. But that all those little things, the, cha- the, the trainers, the personal trainer, the you know, gym shoes, the, the equipment, the eating right, getting weighed twice a week or whatever, that all fits into the one goal of just losing that two stone in 12 months. But if you start removing elements of that, so if you go to the gym and you work your backside off and you get the personal trainer and you, and you, and you, um, you know, you get the new running shoes and all that sort of stuff, but you have pizza every single night, you know, you, I'm coming back from work and you call in dominoes Monday to Friday, you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to hit your goal because one of those elements is, is let you down. And that's exactly what it is with the business. It's it's deconstructing all your different elements from your branding to your social media to your, your your website, everything, and making sure that you're improving every little element. Because if you can improve one of those little elements by 10%, 1%, 5%, here and there, they all compound to help that bigger goal of making more money and booking more clients, which is mm. ultimately what we want to do. Mm. and motivate sorry mark you're gonna say i was just about to say i mean it's basically about breaking stuff down isn't it i mean i think you said yeah. that earlier you know there's no point saying okay yeah i want to be a multimillionaire by this time next year which is a famous yeah. only fools um thing isn't it uh yeah. but with no plan on how to get there you know just sort of muddling through and you know maybe maybe i'll get lucky or whatever it's it's about okay well if i'm gonna do that how am i gonna do that what do i need how am i gonna get yeah. what i need and just breaking it down. Um, and I think one of the other big things is that uh, one of these things I put, which I put into this journal is like every week we have what's called an opportunity Wednesday. So every Wednesday you reach out for opportunity because mm. there's so much opportunity out there, but most people don't take the opportunity to contact somebody about doing some joint ventures or contact somebody about some joint uh, content creation or something. So once a week, reach out for opportunity. But I also put within the journal, once a week you have a people have to-do lists i say like once a week you have a job that is a a must do job right so above all right you must complete this job no it's no but even if you've got to sit from midnight on the sunday night that has to be ticked off your list because the problem with to-do lists is people create this list and then they go through all the easy things all the stuff that creates a bit of friction they don't do and then that goes on next week's to-do list yeah. So what I, I do within the journal is you have a must-do, and it's a one-must-do task for that particular week. And that, that task will be a task that will leverage your business and take your business forward. And even if you've got to break that one single task down over the course of the whole week and just put 15 minutes here and there onto that task to complete it at the end, then at least you get at least it's much better doing that than doing 20 little piddly things on your to-do list that don't actually achieve anything. 
I think we're all guilty of that, aren't we? Yeah, uh, at some we point are. or another, some point or another, yeah. you know, you've got that the, the important stuff to do, and you in and you just you just don't do it. You just move on to the other bits, and then something else, and something else, and gradually, yeah, it, it builds up, doesn't it? And it just doesn't get yeah. done. Then it dilutes, and sometimes, and it just gets left, and that can then have a knock-on effect as well. Um, and the other, so the other thing that's all part of it, and again, you sort of, uh, you know, when you're saying about keep fit, I'm a sort of great believer in that in in keeping fit and health body and mind as well you know and I think if uh, if you're right if you feel good um, that gives you the energy to be able to do things as well you know it's no good you know um, as you said sort of being overweight knowing that you're overweight not doing anything about it and and feeling like feeling like crap all the time mm. yeah I was going to this is going back three or four years ago I was going to personal train I went I was I was with him for about two and a half years in actual fact I when we first went into lockdown, that's when I stopped and I've not been back to him since, but a lot of what I did with him and the workouts and the training I was able to do on my own. And one thing he said to me, which is really interesting, and I hope this doesn't go off on a tangent, Mark. Well, probably that, will. But, you know. <laughs> he, he, he was saying to me that, if, you know, if you, if he, he remember him saying to me that if you eat the right foods, you are going to feel better in yourself. And you, and he was saying about having more energy and being, being more productive. And we said that, and that, and that makes a lot of sense. But he was saying that if you eat, if you eat crap um, a lot of the time or all the time, your body starts to get used to that. Okay. And you feel like crap, but you don't know that you feel like crap because feeling crap has become the norm. Mm-hmm. okay um, so you don't realize actually that you, you haven't got any energy you're not being productive and you've just got to that way so yeah it's like saying oh i've got a bad back and what happens is oh, i've done my leg in a little bit and you put up with it and it becomes a norm so every day you're saying to somebody i've got a bad back so i can't do this i've got a bad back i can't do it or mm-hmm. i've got you know i'm a bit overweight so i can't really you know i, I, I can't really do this or i can't really run because i'm overweight but you're not doing anything about it mm. and so if if you constantly eat rubbish you've you 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 feeling rubbish just feels the norm yeah um and yeah um, i think it, it, i'm just going to put a little, little caveat in there just yeah. for for everybody because obviously um it's not just about eating crap that makes you fat there's all sorts of mental <laughs> health issues and things like that yeah. before we get the loads of people yeah. uh, writing in um yeah. but i understand what you're saying yeah and i was talking specifically about food but then yeah. the thing is i think that does affect your mental health as well and yeah. that's what i wanted to come on to actually well, mental in, health and bad eating is, is uh, hand in hand yeah that's right but that's that does lead me into what i wanted to talk about next actually and that's about motivation having the motivation you know this time of year when everyone's setting when people do have their new year's resolutions and goals and and setting targets it doesn't mean just just because it's the beginning of the year, this is this is the only time that you set your goals and targets. As you said, you sort of revisit 90, 90 days yeah. or break it down from there or something. Um, but that motivation that you have can quickly disappear, I think, if you don't have, and this is just my opinion, if you don't have somebody there to discuss those ideas with sometimes, mm-hmm. if you're just sitting there on your own, like you said, you've got your book, and that's a great thing, so you don't have somebody you've got a book or something that you're referring to, but there's also nothing like bouncing ideas off somebody else either. Is there? Um, because um, that, that can drive you. That can give you the motivation. Mark, for example, I know that with the podcast, I've said this to you. I had said this to you that we'd been, you and I had both been so busy last mm. year that there were times when we did struggle with the podcast. And I said to you, I thanked you at one point saying, 
thanks, Mark, because you really pushed me just to make sure that we kept on with it. We kept on yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. You know, um, and that, and and you gave me that that drive to say no. I, I've got to do this, no matter what happens. Mm. I've got to do. this. I'm a bit of a taskmaster, everybody. What yeah. can I say? <laughs> but and I, and I do that. I do that for myself. But sometimes you just do need that because I had so many other things going on and so many things to to battle with and to deal with and to make sure that I got work finished on time. Mm. That it's I still needed somebody, even though I work for myself. I still needed somebody else to be able to say to me, look, we're going to need to do this. Yeah. You know, um, it comes down to that thing that, you know, we all have 24 hours in the day and we all have, it's not that we don't have enough time to do things. Mm. It's just, we put other things over. It's mm. not about the time. It's about the prioritizing of our time. So yeah. it comes up from, for me, I know that if I want to go to the gym, for me, the prioritization has to be first thing in the morning. Mm. Um, I'm still there for the same amount of time as if I went on a night. Mm. But the, the the friction for me going on a night is too great. There's mm. too many distractions on an evening to stop me going. Mm. Um, so I, I, I've, I, you know, go to the gym first thing in the morning, it's over and done. The hardest thing for me about, I can't remember, I think twice last year I went to the gym and I was actually at the gym and ended up coming out after about 15 minutes because I had a crap workout. Mm. But quite often on the morning the i have that negative feeling when i'm actually driving to the gym getting to the gym is the problem right yeah yeah it's right. fine i love it i don't come out and go oh i absolutely hate it every minute of that right <laughs> I, I, I hate the thought of going but when i'm got there i love it so mm. from the biggest the biggest part of the motivation is the actual getting there mm. and then once you do it you know and, and I, I do that with blogs you know it's funny i, I deconstructed a problem to, to write two books in the past four months I deconstructed a problem, which was sitting down writing the mental block. You know, I'll sit down with a laptop to do writing. And the next thing I'm on, like some website looking at new jackets or something. And yeah. I'm just you know, all over the place. So what I did is I was like, right, do it first thing in the morning. So come downstairs before I go upstairs on the night, right? This little hack before I go upstairs on the night, switch off the Wi-Fi. Get up on the morning, come downstairs, fill the coffee on come into the living room instead of my office. And I've got this, one of these woodwick candles that crackle and give a really nice smell. Mm. Light mm. the woodwick candle, let the dog out into the field. He has a run around, brew my coffee. Then I come down and I sit in a really nice comfy armchair and I write my book there. I can't go on the internet on my laptop because the Wi-Fi still switched off off the night before. Mm. And that, for me, it feels like I'm actually enjoying myself. I'm having a treat. I'm sitting down drinking some lovely coffee. I've got the, the smell of the candle. I can't be distracted by the Wi-Fi. My phone's still on silent until nine o'clock anyway. And I managed to write those books in about four months. Hmm. Now, if I'd gone into the office first thing in the morning, I'd be in a completely different position. I'd be sitting in the swivel chair. It felt like work. I'd be probably jumping backwards and forwards because the Wi-Fi would be on and looking at other things. We've got so many distractions pulling us from all different sides. So if you want to get something doing, it's setting yourself up to do it. And they actually found out when I did the job, I really loved it. And I enjoy, I love writing and I'm dyslexic, you know, so I mean, it doesn't come to me really easily, but I've really got into it. And I set myself over a task of 500 words a day. Quite often some words are days I was doing 800, 900,000 words. Mm. but yeah. it was it was it yeah. was anchoring that task of writing onto sitting in a comfy chair having a coffee because how easy is mm. it to sit down pick up your phone and scroll on facebook and drink a coffee that's mm. that there's there's no friction involved in that if you can tie something onto that chair mm. and that coffee 
mm. and make that posting on social media. You know, because you can burn 20 minutes just sitting doing nothing on your phone, can't you? Yeah. But uh, I guess it's like association, isn't it? You're associating yeah. something with yeah. something and yeah, just getting that mindset yeah. in, into a different place. And one thing I, I, I want to say um, that, you know, when it comes to motivation and things, and I've read this a lot over the years from, um, you know, uh, sort of like business gurus and sort of motivational experts and that type of thing, you know, and people were, were, uh, want to balance your work-life balance and all of that. Who's a classic American who's the marketing guy? Zig Ziglar. Is it Zig Ziglar? Yeah. Right. You know, um, now when you um, listen to somebody like that or read something about that or you listen to stuff like that on YouTube, I think there is this thing. I don't know. I was affected by this, definitely. And, and I'm not talking about recently. Or I'm just being sort of over a number of years. You listen to these people and they say that, you know, you've got to be, yeah, you know, there's X amount of hours in the day. And it was getting to the point where these guys were saying, right, OK, well, you've got X amount of hours in the day break it down into half day into like half days then break it down into hours then break it down into half hours and break it down into 15 minute periods and break it down into minutes and they were saying how productive are you being every single you know for every single minute of your day now i sort of really took that on board for a while okay thinking right i need to make sure every minute counts here okay because i was listening to these guys thinking oh god this is what i need to be doing this is what i need to do and, and unless you're made a certain way, you can't do it. Okay? I was going to say, that, because, that sounds like burnout to me. I know. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it comes to. And I think mentally, I think I have been burnt out over a, a sort of a period of time and, and things. And, and then I thought, no, actually, hang on, I can't do this. I need to, I need to deal with these things differently. And uh, the last few years, I've tried to and sort of go with the flow a little bit more and everything. Um, and I think that's one thing I want to say is that I think it's, you can get too bogged down, can't you, with working all the time and thinking, yeah. right, I'm going to get up at uh, six o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm going to get up at four o'clock. I'm going to work until 11 o'clock tonight. But then other things can start to give for people, can't they, as well, which which other priorities mm. the, in, in life. And that could be just spending time with your family or just sitting in front of the TV, um, you know, uh, just watching something on Netflix, you know, it, that's not doing any, that's not not doing anything. You're still doing something because I think it's just as important to say, hey, look, having downtime, having downtime, yeah, but making definitely. sure you do get that downtime as well. And that's one of the things where, you know, as I said, I've not posted on Instagram for months and that's not good business advice. Okay. Um, no. Because Right, you know, fortunately, we'd, we'd had the work on. I've got a really busy year coming up this year, and I thought, look, I just can't do it, I can't do it. And I actually made a conscious decision, Jeff, to say, I have to stop, I have to give that, I, that has mm. to give, that has to stop. Even finding that five minutes just to put that Instagram post up. Oh, well, it takes longer than five minutes up, right? to do a decent post, it takes longer than five exactly. minutes. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, okay, because then that has that knock on effect, so it starts to take a bit longer. And even if yeah. you have this thing, you can preset your posts so do them once a month and you've got them all lined up and everything for a month that still takes time and social media takes up a lot of your mental energy as well and I made that decision to not put myself under pressure to say you know what I just can't do it I'm not going to do it I did actually feel better for it and I know I need to pick up on that again now as well um you know uh, because I can do it and I've got a different maybe a different way of doing it but it's maybe I'm just sort of trying to say it's okay to go with the flow and it's okay to say, look, I'm, you know, that I don't feel great or I don't feel like doing this. I am going to stop and not to beat yourself up over it. Yeah. 
totally. And I think, you know, sometimes it's, we, we, we actually put too much on ourselves. And when you break things down, it, it can be only maybe an hour's worth of stuff a day that you can, that can make a big difference. So, you know, like I, I, I go on the basis that I've got like there's four things that I, I like to try and do each day, but they're not really that much, you know? So I like to have a social media post out, like to write something towards my book. So I know like social media brings me in, you know, if I get myself out there, I get more visibility and a lot mm. more opportunity comes. If I can get some words down towards my book, because one, mm. my, I have one big, huge goal for this year is to have a total of five best-selling books out by the end of the year. I've got two, I've got another three. I'm busy on with the third one now. Um, and the other one is for me, for that that mental thing is to to keep my, my weight and fitness up. Can't go to the gym all the time. However, <clears throat> one of the things I do is press-ups in the house and pull-ups so first thing i do in the morning bang out two sets of press-ups i try and get out at least 150 to 200 press-ups a day but over the course of the day mm. and one daft little thing i do is um i've got like a downstairs toilet i always use the toilet upstairs so when i, I go to the toilet mm. upstairs the ensuite in my bedroom go to the toilet there when i come out from the toilet i'll do a set of press-ups i've got a press-up bar next to the toilet dock right, yeah. i do my press-up but another hack i have is i have a pint glass and um after i've been to the toilet I, I drink my water from a pint glass which is um uh, in the, the sink in the bathroom and then i refill it hmm. so that i'm getting in my uh getting in my water intake but then i end up having to go back to the toilet again <laughs> yeah. and then when i go yeah. back to the toilet I, I bang out another set of press-ups you know <laughs> so it's just this daft little thing so even yeah. if i haven't mm. gone to the gym i've still done a couple hundred press-ups yeah you know? mm. but i think that's no that's i think those sort of things are really good advice they sort of they, they get you up they get you moving they get your heart rate up uh you have that burst of energy as well and and that has yeah. a long and that has a long lasting effect um you know doing things like that and i think that's important to do and i guess my best bit for me, I was going to sort of try and maybe just sort of finish off here is the best bit of advice I would have for, for people um, is one is to is to keep fit uh, for the reasons that we've been saying it, it does motivate you, you know, or whatever. But also find somebody that you can talk to and bounce ideas off. And Jeff, like your group and the work that you do is fantastic. Um, and I've certainly got a lot out of the people that I've been in contact uh, within within that group. I need to know. I now need to jump back onto that group because I've not yeah. been doing that, um, you know. And I think that's been hugely beneficial for me as well. Like that thing when Mark drove me, pushed me to say, "Look, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. You just got to, you know, just got to get on and do it." And mm. and that made me do it. And that's one of the biggest things. And when it comes to setting goals and targets, yes, you can do those things. But it's the other things I think that really helped. I think helped me is about is that thing about keeping fit. And making sure yeah, that you've got somebody absolutely. you can bounce ideas off as well. Um, I mean, I, I made a concerted effort, you know, last year to really, really, because you know, last year I was 50, so I'm 51 now. Uh, in December, I was 51. So, uh, you know, it, it becomes even more paramount to, to have that fitness level, to keep that fitness up. Mm. You know, obviously, I'm ex-forces. I've always had quite an active life. Mm. But as you as you get over 50, you know, it's getting so much harder to keep the muscle on and to keep the weight off. So I made a few tweaks to my diet. I'm eating much more of a plant-based diet. I, I go on to meat three times a week, and then I have four, week, mm. four times a week when I'm not eating meat. Um, I think that's good for like your immune system and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, getting out a lot more with the dog. And one thing I did, and I'm really surprised is, is I decided to go um, 
uh, 30 days zero alcohol in May last year. Mm-hmm. And then so I did the 30 days zero alcohol and I thought I'm going to push it to 90. Uh, and I ended up doing it. I had a mate's stag do to go to, which was all ex-forces guys. And I had to go there sober on day 70. And they all shook me hand and they're like, oh, Jeff, we're really, and you know what? And I did that and I come out drinking Beck's Blue and stuff like that. And I actually still had a good night and I still mm. met a lot of good lads. So I thought, right, I'm going to take it to 100 days. I'm now on eight months. I've not drank for eight months and it just doesn't bother us. I went through Christmas and New Year, mm. uh, had a few alcohol-free beers. That was it. Felt totally fine. For me, the biggest change is Monday and Tuesday mornings because mm-hmm. I, I would suffer for three-day hangovers. Right. Like, which I, I didn't when I was in my twenties and thirties. Mm. Um, so I've, I'm not desperate to jump. I've said I'm going to do a year now. I'm going to do up to to May next mm. year. But that's made a massive difference. Towards, you know, just yeah. Um, yeah, the diet and the the fitness and decide to knock out the hole on the head for you. Mm. So. Certainly, I think as, as you get older, <laughs> you definitely uh, yeah hangovers are, are not good. Take you longer to get over and that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And talking about you were sort of saying about you know drinking like you were saying like Bex Blue. I found out that when I've been out with friends and I've had to drive, um, that if I've ordered uh, an alcohol free lager um, or something in, in a pub, if I'm holding that, it feels like I'm actually having a drink. Give yeah. me a, a, a Coke or an orange juice or something. It doesn't feel like it. But I've well, you know, there's, there's so there. many. Yeah. There's now there's a uh, Moretti and Erdinger yeah. and Peroni. They're absolutely, really nice, you know. And they're one of the biggest things I've noticed over the over the the past since packing it and drinking in May is the because we live in a beautiful area of Northumberland, mm. but we've always been sort of like, oh, we'll just drink in the village, or we'll you know we'll eat in the village. The amount of places I've, I've gone for meals now has been phenomenal because I was oh, we'll go and try this place down the road. I'll go and try this place because I'll drive. And, uh, you know, oh, they've got Erdinger, brilliant. And it just feels like Erdinger, low alcohol yeah. feels just like a yeah. normal Erdinger beer, you know, and you have it in a fancy glass. It's, yeah. it's cool. It makes it, 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 which goes to show, it's probably partly, partly a mental thing. I mean, the best one I've had is, um, talking about it, is Heineken. It's become a food and drink podcast, right? guys. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what the hell's going on here? Right. Heineken. <laughs> the right. Here's an advert now for Heineken. Heineken uh, Heineken's 0.0% lager is the best one I've tasted. Yeah, oh, really? Right. Well, it's Heineken's really good. good and you had some when we had a barbecue last year, Mark. Was that Heineken? I thought oh, my that God, was Bex. Yeah. No, it was Heineken, and you you had quite a few. You said this is really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Have, I, I thought it was Bex, but um, but that's yeah. right. Yeah. So there's a you little, little like Guinness now. Yes, you can. I've not tried that, but I'll tell you what I have tried, <laughs> which everyone keeps taking the Mickey out, and I'd like to try that Guinness one. Is Gordon's gin. Right. Oh, I spent fourteen pounds right on this bottle of alcohol-free Gordon's gin. I'm just going to try it, and it's actually really good. And we've had a few friends come round the last. Sort of few months out of this bottle. Every time I say, uh, you know, do you fancy trying this alcohol free gin? And they all look at me and say, No, I don't think so. You shouldn't tell them it's alcohol free. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> and it's actually, it's it's actually really good. Um, you know, it's like though you know when you go on holiday and you go to these all inclusive holidays and they give you uh, the the drink there. I mean, yeah. those have got very little alcohol. Can you imagine your your, your average British tourist, right, going on laying on a hot pool, laying by a hot pool? Right, you know, it's 90 degrees drinking all day. After two or three drinks, they'd be out of it, wouldn't they? But yeah. everyone seems fine on a on an all-inclusive holiday. So those drinks are definitely there's some, but they've still got the taste, they've still got the flavour. Yeah. Anyway, really have gone off on a tangent. Yeah, there, we, we have. <laughs> uh, just right. a quick one, because I know we discussed this um briefly on the on, on the last well, a couple of weeks ago, um, on the on the episode. Uh, one of my big bugbears when it comes to like 
you got to set goals and all this kind of stuff. So it always tends to happen in January. Do you know what I mean? Like whether it's weight loss. I mean, I've seen so many adverts for gyms and things like that. Crazy. Um, for me, I mean, I, I find that almost unhelpful because actually this sort of goal setting should be something that you're, you're looking at all year round. Um, for me, I always tend to find April is when I, if I'm really wanting to look at a year, for my business, I tend to find April's the time because obviously it coincides yeah. with the tax year. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you feel about that? You know, when you see all these people coming out in January and you're thinking, oh, it's, it's more than, it's supposed to like the whole buying a puppy for Christmas thing. It's not just for Christmas, it's for the it's for life, isn't it? And, and I guess that's the same with this sort of thing. Well, that's what, um, funny thing with, with that journal that I created, the Ambitious Photographer's Journal, it's based around, 52 weeks so it's not date specific uh, mm. two reasons i did that was obviously from from a saleable point of view it's not yes. like diary set but then what you got to remember is every week is a goal every four weeks is a month which is another goal mm. and every three months is a quarter which is a 90 day goal and then for mm. them it equals a year so even if you fall off for a week you've you know you start a new page the following week and you can kick back on again if you fall off two weeks if I, i'll start afresh on on the the first of the month sort of thing and i think that's the good thing about having 90 day goals is you always reassessing yourself and re you're not um you don't set your goals once at the beginning of the year you readjust your goals every 90 days and say mm. like oh because sometimes you might be working towards your goal and then you get three quarters of the way there and you go oh, hang on a minute this isn't really the direction i want to be going at mm. And this is this effort is maybe taking you to where to find out not how to do something and to do yeah. this way instead, you know. And I've done that a few times before, and and that hasn't been counterproductive. It's actually been very productive because it's made me lead in another direction that's actually been more beneficial. Mm. So yeah, definitely none of this just on the first of because I think when you set a yearly goal and you get three weeks into January, then you go, oh, I'm just going to give up. I wait next year. Yeah. But if yeah. you've got, you know, you've, you've got a game, you're going to review in, in March, you're going to review three months after that, you know, but you've, you, you're reviewing at the end of every month as well. Then it's keeping you on track and keeping you motivated. Good stuff. Brilliant. Okay, guys, thank you for that. Jeff, thank you for, for no coming problem. on. Can you no just problem. tell us um, the, the books, the two books that you've got, um, that you've got out at the moment that people can, um, that can get hold of? So there's the uh, the ambitious photographer's journal um, that's available in both hardback and paperback on Amazon. Just type in the ambitious photographer's journal. And then the other one, which I just released last week, is my latest edition LinkedIn book. So it's called The Photographer's Missing Link. It's the third edition that's in paperback, hardback and Kindle. And it's probably the most up to date LinkedIn book out at the moment. So it's only it's, I think the content from that is about two or three weeks old. So it's, a, it's right up to date with all the latest changes and, and developments on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's really current. Okay, that's brilliant. What I'll do is I'll put some links out for those people that uh, are interested in how um, guys you can get hold of Jeff as well if you want to speak to him about his uh, mentoring as well, which I can highly, which I can highly recommend. Um, so guys, that's it. Thank you very much. We've talked about all sorts. We've talked about breastfeeding, setting targets, uh, Heineken alcohol-free lager is the best one out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it all happens on this podcast. So thank you very much, guys. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you uh, on the next show. Thank you. Bye for Fantastic. now. Thanks very much. <laughs>